0: Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher, and Joey Wagner, Alana staff writer, here. And we are going to talk about some spring football. And we have a spring game on Monday night, 7 p.m., on the Big Ten Network. And we are going to take you through. A little bit of a lot of what we've learned so far in our limited viewing uh, of spring practice, but a lot of interviews and a lot of access through Zoom interviews with the Illini staff and uh, the Illini players. Uh, But Joey Wagner, we're going to be in Memorial Stadium on Monday night, and there will be thousands of fans, uh, which is which is amazing. It's been a long time uh, since we've had that at an event. Um, obviously, I was there at the Big Ten tournament, and it was amazing what just a couple thousand fans in a huge Lucas Oil stadium. It was it, it, really the senses were an overload for me because – Any other basketball game that would have felt like, man, this crowd's not that great. But after not having crowds for so long, it was awesome. And we had, what, a couple hundred fans at some of these games because of family and friends last year. But Illinois distributed 7,500 tickets, We'll see how many show up, but there should be thousands of fans, which is going to be the most for a spring game for Illinois football in a long time. Should be a pretty cool event. Now I'm glad Brett Bielema uh, took the opportunity, reached out to these TV networks, set up with the Big Ten Network that, Hey, we're going to be in prime time. We're going to have an opportunity for people to see us. How many people watch on Big Ten Network outside of Illini fans? I'm not sure, but recruits will see it. Illini fans can see it. It's just good publicity for a program that is trying to, you know, I'll turn everything around right now
1: yeah and good for brett for having the idea and coming into this with the idea and, and being kind of the aggressor it sounds like and getting this done and getting this on tv and, and, and jeremy you say that and i remember the wisconsin game right we're, we're sitting at camp randall and it's just the weirdest feeling ever and like that's kind of my normal like I wasn't at the big 10 tournament like that is all I've known for Do you
0: remember for- before that Wisconsin game you and I were there early and we're like we got an hour to kill we went to Jimmy John's and it was that weird moment where we're like hey do we take our masks off and eat next yeah. to each other like this is this is like the new like, hey, is this okay, what we're yeah. doing? Um, and, and we have come a long way. And now you and I are in the process of getting vaccinated. I got my second shot. I know uh, you're getting your second shot here soon. Um, but that that was the feeling. I just want to take us back to that feeling of what that first game was like. It all felt so odd.
1: It was so strange. And yeah, I, I think maybe even Brett Bielma talked about it. Yesterday, which would have been and what is today? On Wednesday, I think Brett talked about it, How it's very similar in the NFL, where like some arenas, there's in some stadiums, were empty, and then you get somewhere else, and it's not a lot of people by the standards that we know sporting events to be. But it just freaking felt like a parade in there because your your body, you just get so used to to nothing else. Man, it's exciting for for us. Like behind the curtain, it sounds like we might get some in person interviews, which is just like. Oh my gosh, what what is going on here? It's been so long. So it's, it's just so many, like you can zoom out and look at this as kind of like that feeling of stepping forward a little bit and stepping into something that we think we've known, but it's just good for Illinois football to have a spring game on TV with people there after a a really, really tiring 14 months or 13 months, whatever it's been.
0: As for media, like Brett has been very um, accessible Um, this program's been very accessible over the last, you know, couple weeks, but we haven't seen a lot. He has not opened up practice for us to see very much. And he's been honest with us and say, he doesn't want us to report what they're running, what it looks like, even though we can take little things, Joey, from, from positional drills, things like that. And you and I try to gather as much as we can of all of that, but, um, you know, we don't know exactly what this offense will look like. Tony Peterson, I think, has been more upfront about what it's going to be and isn't as nervous about giving anything away. Um, it's it's going to be, I, I talked to him about, it's going to look more like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of offense. And he's going to take a lot of things of, of what he's had over his career. So I think offensively, we, we kind of know what they're going to look like. Sometimes it'll be shotgun. Sometimes it'll be uh, under center. Sometimes uh, they'll they'll have a spread, uh, 11 personnel. Sometimes they'll have 12 personnel and, and kind of run this power scheme. So they'll be versatile. Uh, but I think we know it's going to be a run heavy Offense where the quarterbacks don't turn the ball over, move the ball down the field. Uh, defensively, though, I'm really intrigued because Ryan Walters has played things very close to the vest. So has Brett Bealma, But I keep using the word multiple, whether people agree with it or not, Joey. Um, I think you're going to see 3-4 look sometimes. And Brett kind of talked about um, against Wisconsin, against Iowa, against those run-heavy traditional teams. I think you'll see that more. Uh, but against the Northwesterns, Nebraska's, I think you'll see 4-2-5. I just think you're going to see kind of an amoeba-like defense where they are going to change a lot more than they did under Lovey Smith. I also expect it to be aggressive. I don't know how much we'll see uh, on Monday night, though. So I think we can take some things from it. Uh, We'll see a little bit of the depth chart, Uh, the first stringers. Brett made that very clear. Uh, But what do you think we're actually going to learn on Monday?
1: I think we might learn what the base is, right? I I mean, that sounds so elementary, but I, I think if we can understand what the base is or what we think the base is that's going to go a long way and us you know connecting some probably too much connecting puzzle pieces between now and fall camp but there's a reason right like you said there's a reason we've not been fully allowed into this we've seen combined about two hours really of, of practice over this course of this spring and look, I get it, right? I mean, business of winning football games here. and You're not going to let a couple of us ruin that for you or or compromise that for you. And I think you'll see a little bit of that carry over. But I I think Brad also gets it in the sense that he knows there's an opportunity in front of him. And, And this has to be a chance to, one, be entertaining and engaging on television for people who are watching you to see if you're both entertaining and engaging. And two, this is one of 15 practices they get in the spring. Like, this isn't just some freebie where, you know, it's okay, this will be fun, but we can, you know, kind of make up for stuff down the line. Like these things matter. Like every minute out there is, is gold for them. So I don't expect to see a lot behind the curtain defensively, I, offensively, like you said, I, I think, you know, I would be shocked if it came out and just threw this thing all over the yard for two hours. That's, I just don't anticipate that happening. But just how much will, will they unveil about the defense? That's really almost where all of my attention is. Is really kind of going for the spring game I mean, there's some stuff offensively of course we want to see but right. schematically i think defense is where ryan walters man Dude is good. Him and Jake Hansen have got to be best friends. Like, they don't give anything away defensively. <laughs> uh,
0: and I, I, I will say this. Ryan Walter is one of 12 uh, members of this uh, minority candidates or, or coaches that are going to have this fellowship. Uh, I think that tells you, because he's on the list of really impressive people, including Marcus Freeman, uh, who's who's now, what, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator, I believe. Like yeah, He's going to be a head coach soon. So Ryan Walter's being on that list, I think uh, it tells you that people think very highly uh, of where he's headed. Heading in his career, so I, I am interested to see and learn just a little bit of his. Even if it's uh is, and you're right, we probably will take way too much, but it's it's all we <laughs> have to go off of because, as you said, we've seen. I mean, especially you, you've gotten to a, a, more of these practices than I have, maybe two hours of practice. But for those listeners out there, it's wide receivers running on air, it's quarterbacks practicing under center, it's it's position drills, right? We're not seeing. I think I saw like two minutes, Joey of them lining up defense of like how they would run. Right. So it was really
1: just the back end of the defense, right. It didn't really incorporate any of the front end where we also have questions.
0: And I feel like we weren't supposed to see that. Like they didn't get us out early enough that practice. So uh, I feel comfortable saying that now. Um, But yeah, it'll be very interesting. Let's go over some of the personnel position by position. We won't break down everything here, um, but we will say like, things we've learned or heard or things that intrigue us a little bit more of what we've learned through the spring. We did a huge podcast on the quarterbacks, Joey. We don't need to reiterate everything about the Isaiah Williams, Brandon Peters battle here, but what do you think we've learned there? Do you feel like Peters has more of an edge on that job or that Isaiah Williams is caught up a little bit more? Uh,
1: I think, I guess it depends on what the starting point was, right? Like what's the start is our starting point that the press conference initially that we kind of really dove into or is our starting point spring. I mean, I think Isaiah has caught up. Like this is a legit competition. I, I don't think I would have believed that for three months ago. I, I think when we first talked to Tony and I, I just keep coming back to the experience that Brandon has, and this is all me speculating, man, heck, we're going to probably end up counting snaps in three days. Right. Like, But I, I just, the experience matters. And I know it matters to Tony. I mean, he said as much, right. He said, Brandon has a kind of a, I don't want to call it a leg up, but the, the the fact that he's been around this is a six year in college is certainly meaningful. And that's not to discredit Isaiah because there's a reason Isaiah's made this a quarterback competition. And I think the fact that this is a competition is more because of Isaiah than it is because of Brandon. I mean, I, I think that's fair to say so i i don't know how much we can really read i mean what we've seen on air brandon looks good i mean that's he looks really really he
0: throws a very pretty football that's
1: yeah. and so does isaiah but we'll see man i mean i don't know that i've learned a lot more since our big deep dive
0: yeah i agree with you and I, I think that's why monday fans will probably put too much into it whether it's one way or the other uh and we probably will but it's all we have to go off of again um I would say I, I still feel the same way. I, I feel like this staff has learned more about Isaiah probably over the last couple months. Because even if Corey Patterson or you know Pat Embleton or Tim Knox, the guys who were, were on staff before with Lovey, could tell them about Isaiah, I think you have to see it. And I think you've heard them be a little bit more like, "Okay, we're starting to see why Brandon, despite having all the physical tools, maybe why he hasn't been that guy yet. Why why he hasn't been." the top 100 prospect and hasn't, you know, he's, he's started big 10 games. He's led Illinois to a bowl game. He started games for, for Michigan as a redshirt freshman, but there's just something not there quite yet. And while he had great performances, uh, we can go to Michigan state game, the end of the Wisconsin game, Nebraska last year. There's also way too many games, especially last year. And I don't know how much you just throw that out with the COVID and, and all the issues that we're dealing with, but he played those games. Right. Um, there were too many games that Brandon didn't give you a chance. Like you were uncompetitive and you just couldn't. And, and I know there's wide receiver issues, but you, you just felt like you got behind and you just couldn't dig himself out of a hole. Uh, Isaiah Williams has natural leadership qualities that Brandon hasn't quite shown and vocal ability that Brandon hasn't quite, isn't quite natural to him. And Tony Peterson has talked about it. That said, I still think Brandon Peters is a starter week one against Nebraska because. He's a more polished passer. Uh, I think he he avoids mistakes better than Isaiah Williams. I think he's a more accurate passer, even though that hasn't been a strength of his. Uh, I just think he's what they want in a quarterback. The question is, does Tony Peterson think Brandon Peters helps them win games more than Isaiah Williams? Because Isaiah Williams, if Peterson wants to, could go like if Peterson wants to, he can just say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run more with Isaiah because I just think he's got this hit factor. He's a more he's he's tougher for defenses to scheme against. And if we have Isaiah with a a poor group of wide receivers or Chase Brown with a good running back group, I I think that's how we best win games. But I think Isaiah does have to show more consistency as a passer. And in the limited uh, you know, time we've seen them, Joey. I still think consistency as a passer is an issue for Isaiah, and I'm I'm a huge fan uh, of Isaiah Williams. And I think he can be a successful quarterback. Brandon just certainly has an edge there. It, it just is not a big enough edge?
1: Right, and, and you know, if we want to go beyond those two, let's be honest. It feels like there's a pretty. I don't want to say sizable because Matt Robinson's kind of in like to me. It's those two. I know this is a little off topic, but it's yeah. those two. Matt Robinson's a tier of his own. And then it's kind of a pretty sizable gap, I think, in, in terms of comfort of where you would be um, putting somebody in there to win a football game. And yeah. that's not to knock. I mean, we've seen Karan Taylor, and, and I thought he had moments, but he turned it over a lot. So, you know, when people hear, like, the quarterback competition, there's a reason I think we're talking only about two people here, and and that's just where this is right now. But, yeah, I think to all your points about Isaiah – he has it. I mean, right. He has it. He's had it. Jeremy, you've covered this kid for, I don't know how long yeah. a kid. I mean, he's not a kid anymore, right? He's a college, college adult and you've covered him forever and he's had this it factor since forever.
0: Yeah. And, and, and another yeah. thing I want to add, Joe, sorry to interrupt, but the, the last no, thing we'll worry. move on to the running backs. We want to go through this quickly um, is I, I don't think you change Isaiah to wide receiver. I, I don't think you do that because one, is he gonna be ready to be a slot receiver by by the spring or summer or, or the the fall? I'm not sure. Is he is he your best slot receiver? I'm not sure. Plus, there's a lot of value in a backup quarterback, right? I mean, it's, it's probably more important for him to be a backup quarterback than in your wide receiver rotation. I think there's more value there because. Brennan has is, is not stayed healthy throughout his career with concussions. Last year was COVID, so you kind of throw that out. But you need a number two guy, and I think there's a huge chasm, as you said, uh, not only between Matt Robinson and those next guys, but Isaiah and Matt Robinson. So I, I think it, it's very important for him to stay at, at that position, at least in, in my opinion. Maybe that changes as they move forward. And, and if neither of them is good enough, Joey... Uh, Illinois showed interest in some in some grad transfer quarterbacks this spring. Um, it, it's possible one comes open in the summer and say that guy is better. Uh, he he can give us a, us a better chance to win now and in the future. Moving on to running backs a position both of us are high on Joey. I think we're even higher on him now. Chase Brown is bulked up to 210. It looks like it's really good weight that's not going to slow him down. Reggie Love looks fantastic, uh, and the staff seems very high on him. Uh, We did hear Jakari Norwood had a pretty good uh, scrimmage the first time around, despite missing some time due to a a death in the family. Uh, And then Chase Aiden uh, certainly seems to look the part and is a solid depth piece. So even though Mike Epstein, unsure whether he'll come back, unsure whether he'll continue to play college football after all these injuries, you still feel pretty good about that running back room.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I I looked at last year's stats and it's it's hard to, you know, just quickly looked at them. This is really a two-person running back committee, right? It was Chase Brown, it was Mike Epstein. And now you look and to me, you know, Mike Epstein's not here right now. So let's just look at the the backs that are here. You have at least three, right? And, And then you have... Jakari Norwood who always seems to have a spring game doesn't he like his name comes up and and you know his skill set and I think they tried to you know Rod Smith I think really tried to incorporate him last year and you know, it didn't really work for for whatever reason, and didn't go back to it. He didn't try that hard after week one. Um, I feel I
0: feel like Jakari Norwood's a guy that if I have to, if he's my fourth guy, I feel pretty good. I'm good with that. Yeah, like I, I don't know if I want him as my one or two because I don't know like if his vision is as good, if you know he's as as quick as as some of those other guys, but he can burst one. He's got he's got speed and he's got he's got a little size to him as well. He's supposed to be pretty good in the weight room.
1: Yeah, so I I'm with you, fourth guy. That's. Great news for Illinois, but I am really interested in these top three guys. And and on Monday, I don't even know that I care in what order they – because I think they're all going to be wearing orange. I, honestly, I mean, I orange signifying number ones.
0: Um, yes, she, we have gone over how they're going to do this because I'm still a little confused uh, from Brett Bioma, but all the starters are going to play together. Uh, we should have done this at the top. Uh, they're going to be an orange. And then the blue is going to be all the backups. But every time the blue scores, it's double, which I kind of like. It makes a little bit of sense, right? If you if you want to score this and, and try to give a little bit of a handicap to the backups. Uh, so I would imagine if... If Matt Robinson scores a touchdown, it'll be 12 points. Uh, And then if Brandon Peters scores one, it'll be six. And field goals will be kind of the same way. So uh, just as a little aside, I guess that's how it's going to be set up. And I
1: think it's going to – I mean, you can't have orange versus orange or you're not going to know what the heck's going on. So I think
0: it's going to be the
1: starters on offense versus the non-starters defensively. And then backwards, obviously, right, the non-starters offensively versus starters defensively, I think – and just in terms of pure optics, and not having everybody watching this confused at home or in the stands—is what in the world's going on? It also makes sense. So yeah. that's that's the working understanding I'm walking into Monday with. Yeah. At any rate, <laughs> I, th- this is to me probably the strongest group on the team. I, I yeah. think I, I could hear an argument, maybe for a couple other positions. We'll get to non specialist
0: Yes, I think running back is the is yeah. is is the group you feel like okay. That's a Big Ten depth chart. Right. Like that, yeah. that's what we need at, at every position. If Mike Epstein came back, I, I'd feel like it's a it's a group. You could see it in most Big Ten West programs.
1: Correct. Yeah. And so I I don't know how much I, one can they move the ball? Like, are they able to effectively run the football? I, I'm just walking in also with the understanding that that's going to be yes. <laughs> uh, and, and then I don't even know if I am like going. to I'm sure if I say this in like Tuesday morning, I'm going to dissect everything. But like, I don't know that I'm that interested in how many carries, Chase Brown gets versus Reggie love versus Chase Hayden. And I guess if they're super different then I, I would have some cares, but I would imagine those are all going to be within two, three of each other, four of each other. But yeah, that that is the strongest position on the field and going away probably. Right. I mean, yeah. I just think that's really good. And you know, they're not going to have all the fullback options, but how are they going to work that right? Like yeah. how are they going to move some guys in there to be those blockers That's also, I guess, something we we kind of skipped over offensively what we're looking for, but how does that look and and who is that H-back type of position?
0: Yeah, maybe it's Max Rosenthal when he comes in. So let's let's go to the tight ends, a group that we know is talented, and and Daniel Barker might be – one of the more underappreciated players on this team and under-talked about. Um, one of the best receivers on this team the last two years, the staff seems very high on him, and they are pushing him, it seems like, and and they've said, I, I think blocking's going to be a much bigger deal for him uh, with this staff, and they're going to use the tight ends certainly a lot more, and we know how talented Luke Ford is. He, he was a top 100 prospect, the top prospect in the state a couple years ago for a reason, Joey, but... It hasn't. The staff hasn't been like, "Hey, it's all sunshine and rainbows with him." So it's it's not just that he was not used right or not used well uh, last year. Hey, he needs to take some steps forward and be better. They do like his physicality as a blocker, which I think is is, is key for him. Um, but it, but it seems like they're pushing him to be, "Hey, if you want to be great, Daniel Barker, you want to be great. You have to be great every day." Um, so I, I think. I think that's the right approach uh, with both those guys because both those guys have next level kind of talent. Um, But I still think there's, there's an untapped potential, obviously with Ford that we haven't seen, but I still think Barker has another level to him as well.
1: I think Daniel Barker may well be the leading receiver on this team by the time December rolls around. Um, But yeah, I I like that the staff has come out and, and that's something I think we're seeing Jeremy, a little bit of the, the staff is they're not afraid to, to in these zooms challenge somebody i mean not like beating them down but it's honest and i think it's a a similar version of the discussion that's happening in the building and they're sharing that with us and and putting that out there but if you can get that potential out of at least those two right and those are the two i think i'm focused on for good reason that is a really really good one-two punch it it just is and I, i think you know, there's a lot of fans who hear like we're going to use the tight end and say yeah got it we've heard that before <laughs> yeah. call me when call me when they have more than like one catch in three weeks right. so that's I mean we'll see I mean I don't think Brett Bealman and Tony Peterson have to prove that but I, I think there is a, like a trepidation for fans because they've heard it before and, and Illinois always seems to have these tight ends who are just these like. Freaks, but aren't freaks until
0: they leave Champagne. Right. Uh, I will add, you want to talk about how much importance they put into this position. They're moving everybody to tight end. Everybody to like, tight end. Any walk-on, you want to play tight end, you come in. Uh, Tip Ryman uh, is moved there, and he's getting some first string reps and, and the staff speaks very highly of him i remember he camped at illinois he's an impressive athlete just didn't have a lot of bulk to him uh but six five he seems like he's added a lot of strength so it wouldn't surprise me if he's a guy i don't know about this year but maybe in a year or two who's really part of that rotation uh if he can be reliable he's certainly got the length to it he's got some athleticism they moved josh Beatham, a, a burly quarterback uh to tight end and michael Marques, whose brother that's was a shocker
1: that's uh, a shocker to me man
0: <laughs> michael marquise's brother henry was a scholarship receiver at iowa uh, michael i think is, is is almost as good of an athlete as him had some uh you know division one offers so uh that'll be interesting but it, it shows you that hey we need bodies here and, and we need to to upgrade the talent here and that's why it's such a big position to need in the class of 2022 i think they're gonna add a couple tight ends in that class uh but i think that is another sh- proof of yep. just how important this position is to tony peterson in this offense
1: and Michael Marques is my surprise, just because like, it's been so long, right? Like some of these other guys are a little younger, and and like Michael's a pretty serviceable. Like if things are, you know, if depth is starting to become an issue, Lovey plugged him in frequently mm-hmm. back there, and then Brett Bielman comes in. It's like all right, last year in college, try something different. And I think to your point, like yeah, that that really proves that they are real on this, but. will there be another guy like that's kind of an underlying storyline? I think it'll be tip Ryman. Like I'm almost willing to say like, when I think of tight ends, he's in that not skill wise, but in terms of use wise, he's in that like top three, because we've heard his name so much getting reps with ones. Like they've not, for everything they've hidden, they've not really hidden that. And they've, they've been very high, at least to us, on him in terms of just getting snaps.
0: Yeah, we got to remember Max Rosenthal from Michigan State transfers coming in. I think he's going to be that H-back, super-back, full back kind of guy. Daniel Barker clearly um, is kind of that hybrid tight end uh, who, who's going to block a little bit more, but I think you'll see him in motion a little bit more. And I think Luke Ford's that in-line, traditional uh, tight end that you see at Iowa and Northwestern, Penn State, uh, all the time. All right, wide receiver, you and I, I have talked about this is a a big position of concern. Uh, And I I remain that way. Uh, I I think Donnie Navarro, I think probably opened this staff's eyes as he did the last staff's eyes because they talk about him so much in his approach. Uh, He's just a professional with the way that that he works, uh, the way he studies the game. Um, He's just... He's just that kind of guy who's going to get the most out of him. And I think he's going to get open a lot more. And to be honest with you, I was a little surprised they didn't use him more last year, um, given the the way that he had been productive for him the year prior. Uh, the two X factors for me here, I, I don't really have a younger guy. And you know I know people want us to talk about Marquez Beeson, um, but... I, I think the two key guys of this group are Brian Hightower, the Miami transfer, who has a load of talent. We saw flashes of it last year, especially when Isaiah Williams was in the game. Huge body, huge catch radius. I think he can be a physical wide receiver, stretches the field a little bit. Not as quick, but there's, there's some Amator Bebe kind of, kind of uh, you know comps there. The other guy who's really intriguing me, Joe, and you and I have talked about him personally offline here a little bit, Kamari Thompson is, is one of the first guys in line for drills. Don't know if we should look too much into that, but I have. And (laughs) the way Tony Peterson talks to him about slot, he's not talking about just some quick, you know, small guy like James Frenchie or Kyron Cumbie, who's now moved to running back. Um, it, it's a it's a quick guy, fast guy, but also a physical guy who can take contact. And Kamari Thompson at six one, two hundred ten pounds, he's what I think they're looking for there. It's just he is so unproven. He has not really done anything at wide receiver. The last staff moved him uh, to to defensive back because of a, nece- a necessitating depth there. Um. So, but he he is a guy with the tools. He's just a very unproven football player.
1: He's probably in the top two percent of fastest players on the team right? I mean, if there's a couple guys off the top of my head that would be up there, but he is. He certainly is. and He's built for it a little bit. I, I'm with you. I also think we've maybe seen a little bit more of like a, a leadership role out of him at times in our very limited viewing. I think there's a reason. I don't think this staff does anything on accident, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I think there's a reason he's one of those hype guys for the spring game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he—he's well, just a pretty good speaker. Like we—we've kind of known that about him a little bit, but uh, those I,
0: that, I do remember. Like Dominic Stampley was one of the guys getting marketed. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah a couple years call. ago, so uh, they thought he was going to make an impact, though. But I think that he does did. say they—they they think he's going to make an impact. Yeah. Well, you look at the other guys. It's Owen Carney. It's Tony Adam. I mean, you're starting to see a little
1: bit of that. But I—I I think the thing that intrigued me the most, and I, I could be off base a little bit, but like. George McDonald has said we're trying people like we don't want to just have out you know these are our outside receivers these are our slot receivers we want to have position versatility there and I he said you know like Donnie Navarro has been working outside which we've only known him to be a slot receiver in his time at Illinois and to me when I heard that the my the light in my brain said well maybe that frees up some some slot snaps for Kamari Thompson because bill to speed the whole package there if they can get that out of him so that's where they line up in what order they line up is really like the focus to me and then of course like can they catch the ball like are are they able to to enhance this passing game from zero and we'll see but to me I, i think we've got the kind of the gist of who yeah it's just the how the order and maybe someone – look, there's always – we should put this count Every position has somebody in the spring game where it's like, whoa. There's that guy. Know, Alec, Alec McCarron
0: had a pick six two
1: years ago, right?
0: You know who my guy of this group is going to be for the spring game? Carlos Sandy. Yep. Carlos Sandy's he's getting a lot of reps, man. This is a huge opportunity for him.
1: It is. Um, it is it's a huge yeah.
0: opportunity for guys like that. And uh, he's made a couple catches, uh, apparently, that that have really impressed the staff. So, listen, I don't think he's going to be a huge impact guy, but I think it's a guy that during a spring game could have a good performance and maybe it gives him a chance to get in the rotation. As for Beeson, um, you know, I, I've tried to temper expectations. I hate to be that guy, but – He's a really talented player, really talented athlete, and his career so far really stymied by that injury, and I think that really affected him last year. I don't think he was confident. I don't think he was fully healthy. Uh, and I, to be honest with you, when he played, he wasn't very physical, a defensive back, and I think that's what, part of why maybe he's made this move to wide receiver. But uh, I, I, the coaches didn't scream like he was going to be an impact guy, right? Like, So I, I've just tempered my expectations a little yep. bit about what I think Marquez Beast is going to be. Maybe he can end up by the fall. He's got enough reps. He's so talented that he has to play. But I'm not plugging him in to, to my starting lineup, Joey. And plugging him in is is my guy that's like, yep, yeah, that guy's definitely going to be a, a huge part of the offense. Could he be? Yes, because he's so talented. But there's a big transition undergoing right now.
1: Yeah, I'm not ready to do that until the middle of training camp. I just don't think. I, I, again, it's just a really hard decision a hard uh change to adapt to and again got all the tools to do it but i need to see it i, I just need to see it. he played this position for exactly two weeks now in college so i guess reserving my yeah my excitement here yeah
0: all right offensive line um, I think we know three guys for certain will be starters, and that would be assuming Alex Palchewski is healthy, but I think it's pretty clear Palcheski, Vidarian Lowe, who's, who's the left tackle, Doug Kramer, center, all super seniors are going to be part of that starting rotation. And I'm starting to think Blake Gerasotti, uh seems to have one of those guard spots uh, uh, wrapped up, but there does seem to be a pretty big competition elsewhere. Julian Pearl has really impressed this staff. And, and if Palcheski is not healthy by the opener, I would imagine Pearl is... It would be the starter, right tackle, looked pretty good last year and really surprised us. Of of all those redshirt sophomores, he, he seemed to emerge as, as maybe the best of them. But uh, Virtus Brown started every game last year, and he, he seems to be facing a competition uh, from some other players, and the, and that includes uh, Jarosati, who's playing at left guard right now. That includes Alex Pilstrom in that mix. That includes Jordan Slaughter. Um, so it seems like they got seven guys who will be with that first group, and they'll rotate them, Joey, and maybe those guys change positions a little bit. I think you'll see Jarosati play seven. And, and have those guys mix it up. But it does seem like, to me, Joey, this is the most competitive we've had for first string spots in the offensive line. And, and I take that as a very, very positive sign for Illinois football because going from first to second string uh, the last four or five years, it's been a massive drop-off for Illinois.
1: Well, for some of those years, they didn't really have a full second string. I mean, it, it just in terms of talent, in terms of numbers, in terms of development... All up, I mean, I've been on the beat for three years, and I remember that first year. It's like, oh my gosh, who, who might be you know, considered second string? I mean, string. the
0: fact that Palcheski had to start as a true freshman, it was, it was really, a really terrible sign because I mean, he held his own. I mean, Vidarian Lowe started as a true freshman, Larry Boyd started as a true. Like that was ridiculous. Like that, that's a bad spot because Palcheski was two hundred and seventy-five pounds, uh, right. soaking wet.
1: Hey, this sounds kind of silly now because he's about to make a lot of money in two weeks. But like Kendra Green played defense for a year and then all of a sudden he's starting at guard on, on now again, really, really worked out for all the guys we're naming. So it kind of, yeah. sounds kind of silly now, but time machine back and think about it back then. That's not uh,
0: happening but,
1: in Iowa. I'll tell you, Jeremy, I, I, I kind of like sold off my mental Alex Pilstrom stock a little bit like I was like, okay, cool story. He switched. He held his own for the most part. In terms of, like, literally, what he was asked to do was a lot. Last year. Would
0: the kids say, "Got that bag?" Because he got the scholarship.
1: Like, yeah, was that him? Yeah, him. got the scholarship. Yeah. Well, that's what that is. What the kids say, yeah, yeah, he did get the scholarship. <laughs> yeah, I am not hip
0: with the, the kids,
1: but yeah, it, it appears. Hey, to I, me,
0: I uh, learned today a new Gen Z, uh word. Apparently, did you know when a pitcher is dealing that it's a shove? Like he's shoving.
1: I have in my life not even come close to hearing anything Thank that you. was. Thank you. Isaac that- Trotter
0: texted me that today, and I go, I'm an old. Explain right. what uh, I love. He said, I love watching Lance Lynn shove. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? I have to, I, I have to ask these guys what it means. And, and I am supportive of some Gen Z language. Uh, and and Isaac is a millennial, young millennial, but like I'm supportive of some of that language. But I go, I have no idea what that means or why you guys use it. But apparently it's just, he's, he's, he's dealing and he's, you know, throwing it by people.
1: No, no, that, that doesn't. <laughs> for me. Alex Eaton or Adam Eaton had a shove at second base. I don't know. Lance Lynn was pitching a baseball, Uh but yes, a- Alex Pilsner. I'm like, I jumped off of that a little bit, not for anything on him, but I'm like, okay, like that was just a, a, in my mind, a product of what was necessary given the COVID given the injuries. I mean, I just thought it made sense. And he was put in a really tough spot last year, right? Like he had been a tight end forever and then he comes in and he eats everything in the world and he becomes an offensive lineman and all things considered, he held his own, but we're seeing him a little bit more with, with some of those first strings. And you know, I firmly think he'll be a guy in orange on Monday. And you know, I'll be curious how that shakes out. And again, the the backdrop to all this is what does it look like in the fall, assuming Alex Palchewski is healthy is he a guy who moves inside? Is yeah. Julian Pearl a guy who moves inside? Like, there is a little bit of position
0: flexibility there. Uh, with, I, the- but I, I feel like even if Belcheski wasn't ready, i feel comfortable. Like, I feel like they're, they're okay. I'd, I'd rather have Belcheski healthy. Sure, yeah. But, like, I feel like, they could be okay, right? And I think that's a really good sign. Uh, they also just have massive amount of numbers of scholarship players on the offensive line, and we just haven't been able to see. Is like, you know, I've seen Josh poor in the second-string center, right? I've seen Mozak Pala look like, uh, I guess the kids call it a unit <laughs> that's, that's i another, know that one yeah, yeah there yeah. you go uh, like COVID, you certainly turn into one <laughs> yeah um Mozart powell looks fantastic but he's raw like i i haven't seen enough i love digging into that like the second and third string lineman who's who's getting better uh we just haven't been able to see that all right joey let's take a quick break when we come back let's break down the defense side of the ball
1: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what
0: All right, Joey, let's focus on the defensive side of the ball uh, now. And and it's kind of an area where... I feel like because they're distant from us when we actually get into practice, we don't get to see much of them. We see uh, Andy Boo's linebacker group, whatever is left of them, whatever is healthy bodies uh, that they have out there. And we get to see Aaron Henry work, which is a lot of fun. But Kevin Kane's off in the distance with his offensive uh, outside linebacker group. And Terrence Jamison, I feel like I haven't barely seen any defensive line play uh, during this entire spring. So spring game, we'll get to learn a lot more. Uh, But uh, the defensive line group... Uh, is banged up a little bit I mean Roderick Perry and Jamal Woods two of the main pieces that are back this year and Um, I I think Roderick Perry is one of the most important pieces that they've gotten back as a super senior, but it does allow us on Monday to see a little bit more of the young guys who I think we are high on, uh, but still have a little bit more to prove. Uh, But there's a defensive line group that I think is going to play different roles uh, in this kind of defense, which at times I think we'll see two of these defensive linemen on the field with two outside linebackers, and at times I think we'll see three of these defensive linemen on the field with two outside linebackers. So the difference between a 4-3 look, 4-2-5 look, and in a 3-4 look there. Um, but this is a group that I think has some potential. Um, and, and I think maybe a group that Brett Bielma came in here and said, Man, Johnny Newton, that's a good looking prospect, or, or Keith Randolph, you know, a guy that's got, I think, four years of eligibility still left with the extra year. Man, that guy could be pretty good. And who's this big mamma jamma Calvin Avery right here? Uh, and, and can we get the most out of him? Um, there's some talent up there, and they seem to like Sedarius McConnell as well, throwing Trayvon Riggins, Quentin McCoy. Um, I, I'm interested in that group because I do think there's some potential up there, but but a lot of unknown, which is why I think it's important Roderick Perry and Jamal Woods are back.
1: Yeah, I think right now when we look at this defensive line group, I'm really interested in the young potential of it because I I think it's probably got the most young talent of most position groups, I think, on this team that could be pretty good. I mean, most of the other position groups are pretty seasoned, I think. I I like the offensive line once you get past that. But there's just a lot of young guys who I think we could see and we have seen a lot of, right? We've seen, relatively speaking, a lot of Keith Randolph, a lot of Johnny Newton. For good reason, and now we'll get a chance to look at them. Look, I think we know what we're going to see out of Rod Perry, right? Like, we come come August, we know what Rod Perry is going to be. But, you know, we'll see what extra coaching does with him. Another year of Big Ten, we'll see what all all those details.
0: Do you do but, you think Illini fans? And I'm not trying to say like I, I don't know if Illini fans know how good he was last year. And, and I know because the the season didn't go so well, um, and, and he wasn't available the last couple games. But he was really good. I, I thought he lived up to the hype. I thought he was one of their most important defensive pieces. Like, I know Owen Carney had bigger stats. I, I thought Roder Perry was more disruptive uh, consistently throughout the season. So I just want to give a little bit of a shout-out to him because him coming back, like, out of all the guys coming back, it wouldn't shock me if he's the one that's drafted, if he's the one uh, that makes it in the NFL. So I, I thought, you know, Owen Carney, Isaiah Gay coming back, and we'll talk about them with the outside linebackers. That is hugely important. But I thought equally or even more so was Roderick Perry coming back.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's just kind of the nature of the defensive tackle position, yeah. right? Like, unless you're this generational human, you're probably <laughs> not going to put up these wild stats. I mean, but if you look at them, he was disruptive. He ate up blocks. He freed up space. I mean, he, he was just really good. But uh, one of the things, Jeremy, I'm interested in this defensive line is like, it sounds like they could be fairly interchangeable at, at some positions. Like we know Calvin Avery's probably not lining up outside. He's right? a nose guard. We, we, know, yes. <laughs> we know Roderick Perry is probably going to be a nose guard. Like we, we know these things, but... You know, I think Johnny Newton kind of alluded to it. It's like, I'm going to line up in some different places. And I think Ryan Walters, who, like we talked about, is the king of keeping secrets, kind of almost the other day said something. He goes, well, I'm not going to give away everything for you. But I think we're going to see some of these guys move around. So how he uses uh, this defensive line group. And, again, I like the young potential. I think we're going to see – I don't think we just saw a lot of Johnny Newton last year because – They needed to see a lot of Johnny Newton. I think he's really good. I think Keith Randolph, every year Keith Randolph plays football, feels like this large leap forward because he is still so raw, relatively speaking, and he has all the physical tools I think you need to be a good defensive lineman. So those two guys, I think when I think of the young – linemen maybe it's just because we've seen them a lot right yeah. but those are the guys who really like shoot to the top of my mind
0: and, and it will be interesting i mean lovey smith's scheme it was basically one gap right you you disrupt that gap get up field disrupt things and there are some guys that are really good at it. i thought jamal molan was good at it Roderick perry was good at it jamal woods went healthy is very good at it but you know if you want to get football it'd be very interesting to see what the different responsibilities here are in Orion walter's defense uh, but i do agree with you i mean. Calvin Avery is, is a nose guard. He's going to be on the shades of, of the center, right? And and I think Roderick Perry will mostly play that role as well, but he's good enough to play a three technique. Uh, but I do think Keith Randolph can play the three or the five, which is a defensive end lined up over a tackle. Um, I, I think you can see Jamal Woods doing both those roles. I think Johnny Newton uh, is versatile enough to play those roles. Sidarius McConnell eventually will be that. So, again, I think we're talking... Multiple, versatile, I think that's what you're going to see a lot out of this defense so that uh, the opposing offense doesn't know exactly what's coming at it, which felt like it was the case uh, last year. All right, moving on to the outside linebackers. There's a lot of intrigue here um, just because Isaiah Gay, I thought all oh, along, was a 3-4 outside linebacker type, like a stand-up edge rusher. And last offseason, they did. Uh, Lovey Smith did have these guys standing up a little bit, and then they never used it. Uh, but th- they just feel that it allows them to see the field better, allows them to be a little bit more disguising uh, as a defense. Uh, you will see these guys, though, in, in a traditional 4 3 kind of setup. Other times, you'll see them drop into coverage. Uh, but mostly, these guys are going to get after the quarterback. But getting Isaiah Gay and Owen Carney back here is huge, obviously, for this group. Seth Coleman is the prototype of how you look uh, as an outside linebacker in this setup. So I think it's a great setup for Gay and Coleman. I think Carney is more of a defensive end uh, at the next level, but I, do, I don't I do think this hurts. But it's just going to be very intriguing to see how they use these guys. I think these are kind of the, the chessboard pieces of this defense, Joey, is these guys will be moving around the field and these are the guys that you're like, okay, what is that guy doing uh, before the snap? And and it might surprise uh, a defense. But this is what – I mean, Wisconsin's defense, um, these have been the playmakers. You think of Zach Bond a couple years ago. Um, these are the guys that really disrupt things. And I think Illinois got some talent here, at least for the next year, especially with Gay and Carney and Seth Coleman.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I also think when I think of this position, I do – lump it in still with the defensive line I, I think for reasons obvious i think there's so much more in a venn diagram there's so much more overlap with them than with you know if you just share a name right with the yeah. other side
0: we can talk a lot about them dropping into coverage joey i don't think uh, it's. i think that's gonna be a much smaller percentage of the time right what, what do these guys do well let's get after the quarterback
1: agreed and that's what you know i, I think like you said i think Owen Carney's probably more defensive end. So like if he's dropping into coverage, I you know, maybe hold my breath for a second. Not saying you can't do it. I just don't think he's as equipped as Isaiah Gay or Seth Coleman to do it. Uh, But uh, what I want to see, Jeremy, is how much do we see, right? Like that is forever for me, the backdrop of this defense on Monday night is like, how much will we see? Will will they just let those two go after the quarterback who, by the way, isn't going to get hit? They're not going to hit the quarterbacks on Monday. We should put that out there. Or are they going to, let other teams have this film on national TV uh, of these guys dropping into coverage. I, I'm just curious about that. It's just a little, a little uh, chess piece there to move, but this, this is an interesting group, Jeremy. And, you know, Cooper Davis is another interesting guy. I mean, I know he had some pretty nice offers if I'm not mistaken before he picked Illinois. Uh, is he not the flip from Missouri? Am I yeah. remembering
0: that correctly? Yeah. After a yeah, coaching so- change.
1: So there's some interesting younger talent there too. I mean, Ezekiel Holmes has also been around for a while.
0: What What is he going to look like in this? Talk about all bus teams. Ezekiel Holmes has always been all bus team it's just he was a really good basketball player like Seth Coleman and Keith Randolph coming out of high school got some really late good offers I think Michigan State uh, had offered him late in the process as well uh, out of Texas and he's always looked apart as as a football player just how how good of a football player is he Uh, and he's just been he's had a lot of injuries and and the development has been stalled there so he is an intriguing um, body type and athlete at that position
1: this whole position is intriguing because it's new, right? Like, yeah. it's re- new, I guess. Like, new is always intriguing. I think it's going to be this crazy different thing. I think it's going to look a-, a little different, like you said, maybe standing up a little bit more, like those parts. But I think when we collectively think about this defense, it's like, oh, the outside linebackers. Like, when the roster first came out, well, Illinois media almost crashed Twitter <laughs> when we saw five guys new to outside linebacker. But it, well, it shouldn't have been that shocking.
0: I do think it's um... – I do think it's a noteworthy change, though. Uh, Yeah, it is, no doubt. It's a change that signifies this defense is going to look different and it's going to be – I I keep using the word chess piece, but I think this is just – the defense is going to disguise more. It's going to be less less predictable. I just think Lovey Smith's defense became very, very predictable. And as you look at many of the defenses – Um, They have to disguise more because the offenses just have an advantage. Um, So there's got to be a chess game that I just don't think there really was uh, the last couple years with Lovey Smith. All right, let's move to the linebacker group, which is more traditional linebackers. And we'll see how many of these guys are on the field at one time. I think there could be two at a time most of the time, but maybe at some points you're playing a Wisconsin or an Iowa. You could see three uh, linebackers on the field at one point, but... Uh, This is a group I just don't think we've learned anything about, Joey, because the guys who will matter come the fall we aren't seeing. This is mostly walk-ons. I guess Alec McCarron now, a scholarship player, Um, but uh, mostly guys we aren't going to see on the field because Jake Hansen is not going through spring ball right now. Seems like he, he had a little bit of an injury. He's... He's healing up as he's come back uh, with the team. And, and and I'm not worried about him not having many reps in this defense because Jake Hansen will be just fine. Uh, Kalon Tolson injured uh, coming back from injury. Tariq Barnes coming back from injury. And Shimon Cooper coming back from injury. So the one guy I think that's going to be part of this rotation and probably a starter that we've seen is C.J. Hart. And he looks the part. And Dave Doran liked him at NC State, and he certainly looks the part. So he'll get plenty of reps. And I think it's been key for him and a great thing for him to be able to get reps in this scheme with this coaching staff. It probably gives him an edge over some of these guys who are going to come back from injury outside of Jake Hansen.
1: Yeah, I saw – I mean, so to let people know, we're kind of on the bleachers, so we don't get that close. But we did get, like, the other day on Tuesday, we got pretty close to some of the linebackers. And C.J. Hart, like, is much bigger than I thought. Not in a bad way. Like, I just looked at him, and, you know, he'd always been, what, 10, 15, 20 yards away from us. It's kind of hard to get a look at him. Then you see him, it's like, oh, yeah, this is what a Power 5 linebacker looks like.
0: Yeah, just for comparison, like, Kalon Tolson is – uh, a physically impressive, like jacked yeah. guy. He's six foot 220, right? He's a little undersized, like height wise, length wise, if we want to get into the board talk here. Um, <laughs> length wise than a lot of linebackers, right? CJ Hart is a power five looking linebacker. He's six foot one, 230 pounds. And I believe sometimes I, I don't believe these roster height and weights. I believe that one was CJ Hart.
1: Right. But to your greater point, this is such. I mean, I, I don't know how much stock I'm putting into seeing this position on Monday, because this is the most incomplete position in spring ball. I mean, I mean it's, going it's, it's, away, Hart, right?
0: it's Hart and McCarron is your starters, probably, right?
1: Yeah, and...
0: Was it McCarron or Coughlin? Coughlin, Sean Coughlin a few
1: years ago I had a pick six? That's all I'm saying. Like it's gonna, something's going to happen with those guys. I mean, like Mark Mondaseer
0: we'll see a lot of Dylan Rosiak, the the true freshman. Hey, Getting a little buzz
1: out of out of him. I mean, look, it, spring enrollees is something Brett Bielema likes, or early enrollees, I should say. Uh, he he indicated that he'd like to get up to eight nine. I, I believe was the number he gave us. Uh, so, so this has been valuable. We talked about Sedarius McConnell as a defensive lineman. We've heard similar things. Uh, but I think Dylan is another guy in that mix who this is really important for him. And, I mean, it's not like he's changing really a defense in college because he literally just showed up. But these are, these are important reps for him. They really are. And, you know, I, I don't know what I'm expecting, but he'll get a chance to get out there on Monday night. And, and I don't know, maybe a sizable amount. We'll see what it looks like. But this – you know, again, wake me up and fall <laughs> when they've got all of these scholars. Because I think I was really concerned about this position, Jeremy, like two and a half months ago. Yeah, and then Jake Hansen comes back, and it's like, okay, if if this if you see two of two linebackers out there at a time, if one of those guys is Jake Hansen, I'm pretty okay with whoever the other one of those guys is.
0: Yeah, and I think we saw Tariq Barnes when healthy can be very, very impactful. And Kalon's just a really good uh, Mm -hmm. player. Uh, And I I still am high on Shimon Cooper. I know people think some of these four stars come in and they're going to be stars right away. It's just usually not the case unless you have a physical freak like Regis Ben or Martez Wilson, right? Like most of these guys... Need some time, and Shimon Cooper's a very good football player, and, and every time he's been on the field, I feel like he's around the ball. Um, so I think once he gets back in, in the groove here, I think he's still going to be a very good player and maybe somebody that, that steps in for Hanson uh, next year. So I, I feel, yes, a lot better with Hanson and Hart uh, as a part of this group. All right, let's move to the secondary, and I, I would say Aaron Henry among the assistants is one of the most entertaining to watch during practice. Would you say Bart Miller and George McDonald are the next two in that group?
1: Yeah, man. Like, so similar to the defensive linemen, the wide receivers generally work on the other side of the field for us, but they came over and they went did a one-on-one drill with the deep, deep uh, cornerbacks. And dude, George McDonald is fun to watch coach football. Like, he is much, because like, he's so calm. I, I think in the, the zooms with yeah. us and, and, and very reserved, but you get him out there and this guy has got a lot of energy and he's obviously very, very well thought of in the industry. I mean, he's going to have his chance sooner rather than later in some point to move up the ladder here. But yeah, those to me are my top three. I think. Bart's Uh, just a
0: good old American offensive line coach, isn't he?
1: Oh my gosh. He was, uh, I think you
0: and I talk much more Luke Buckus than Bob McClain
1: in terms of personality type. Uh,
0: but I would Funny. say the recruiting angle, uh, just a little turned up, uh, a little bit more in, into it, recruiting wise. I would say than Buck is.
1: Probably so. Yes, I, I think there's a body of work that would indicate that to be the case. Uh, but yeah, man, I, it, I don't know, where are we at. We're at Aaron Henry, right? Yes. That's what we, we started talking about. Aaron uh, Henry,
0: Aaron Henry, like what we see in the Zoom is what we see in practice too.
1: No doubt, man. He, this guy loves his job. I mean, period. He loves getting this chance to go out there. And I really like the top two guys he has in the cornerback room. I think Tony Adams, we thought that was a big return when he announced his return, and it was. But I think the more we hear a little bit from some of these guys, like this is a really, really big deal to have Tony Adams back. He's, they're very high on him, at least my read on what they say about him and how he carries himself. And Devin Witherspoon is a – like. Their read on him is the exact read you had. Like the second game he showed up out there and didn't give a crap about who was in front of him. He was getting to that football.
0: He's he is Kinoto Hudson, right? Like he I mean that is Kinoto Hudson's guy, and he basically mirrors Kinoto Hudson uh, on the field, which is this fiery, undersized, but I'm better than you kind of feel. And and I mean, there were two plays last year that just stick out in my mind. With Devin Witherspoon, and uh, he, he was one of the biggest bright spots of a bad secondary last year for me. He stole a ball from Rashad Bateman, right? He, he stole one from Rashad Bateman, I believe. I'm trying to think of who the other one. It was another All Big Ten. Oh, it was uh, Bo Melton at Rutgers. stole Stole one from him, too. And I just those plays stick out to me that you have this barely three star guy was on. I don't even think he was rated by us. Um, that was going to JUCO. <laughs> He showed up in shorts, looked like a gust of wind could take
1: him away. I mean, he was very – I remember seeing him, like, they're all in pads, and you get this guy in shorts and a shirt, and you're like, oh, my. He
0: he turned into our freshman of the year uh, in in 2019, the bowl season, and then all of a sudden um, he's their starter. And I know he didn't have the accolades that Marquez Beeson did, but he's turned into a four-star caliber player for for Illinois the last couple years. And I thought last year – he was fantastic. He's great against the run. He's physical. And then in coverage, I thought he was their best cover corner last year. So, again, he's one of those guys that I, I just don't know if fans are like, yeah, I'm excited about this guy. But I think he's a really good Big Ten player. And then when you talk about Tony Adams, his best position is corner. He knows it. I think the previous staff knew it, but they had to play him at safety due to injuries and just not overall good play back there. So he, he's kind of had to shuffle around. Corner's his best spot. And with what they've added, we have the transfer portal of prather hudson and eddie smith i think tony adams can comfortably be that corner now maybe eddie smith ends up at corner as well to give depth with beason moving to wide receiver uh but i think adams is entrenched uh, as a starter my big question at that position is who who else? W- what's your depth chart like if, if adams or hudson or adams or, or um witherspoon gets hurt here Kendall smith your guy and they seem to be higher on him and he got some experience at corner last year another guy who's who's bounced around Tavion Nicholson, I haven't seen him really on the field yet. And then you got a bunch of freshmen, and I do think corner is a position where freshmen can come in and make an impact. And I think highly of Keontae Curry, who this staff added. I think highly of Daniel Edwards. I think highly of Tyler Strain. I think those are really solid three-star prospects. Prince Green looks the part. I think he's a guy who could end up at wide receiver as well. So they got a lot of bodies coming in this fall, but uh, I just don't know who to pencil in on that too deep right now. I think Kendall Smith will have one of those spots, but uh depth is my concern at this position, even if I feel good about the starters.
1: Yeah, We, I mean, we've seen uh Nicholson a little bit in practice, but we haven't seen him on the field and kind of, I mean, was, if I'm remembering right, was he not another later guy in yeah. the signing process? So we haven't seen, I mean, we got to say Taylor Litsy got a scholarship, earned a scholarship. We'll see. Great story. You know, the Great story out of him. We'll see what that looks like with him and I'm sure we got to see him on Monday right like there's just not enough people to not see him Uh, but this is kind of linebacker-esque to me only I think in terms of spring like inside linebacker has it there's more top talent I think with with, uh, Tony Adams and Devin Witherspoon but still an incomplete grade until you get some of the freshmen on campus and see what they have but it's a good opportunity for some of these younger guys but who who is the third, or I guess we'll probably know more who are the yeah. third and fourth guys. Um, I don't think we'll know who the third guy is, but interesting area, especially, you know, I think the Marquez Beeson move for however long that move lasts maybe it's permanent. Brett Bielema didn't, you know, put his foot in the sand and say this is a, a permanent move. We'll see, but I think that kind of opened eye that to me is like, okay, not a lot of depth there either. So, yeah. what is the next move here on the board to? to close that up. And maybe it's a freshman, maybe it's Eddie Smith. Maybe maybe they like what they have. We don't know. I mean, they've, you know, this coaching staff has done it, especially early in the spring, haven't really singled a lot of guys out. They've talked about all of their position groups as collectives, uh, which is uh, to me, not that surprising. You're not trying to put a lot of names on the boards for people right now, if they don't know them, but We'll see. Maybe we'll get more of that in the fall. But I think that also is why when they talk about Tony Adams like they have, we're like, okay, that means something because they don't do a lot of the singling out like that. Right.
0: Uh, yeah, I think the answer could be Eddie Smith to give you depth at corner mm-hmm. if you feel like it, uh, feel better about safety, which we'll get to here. Or I, I think this is a position that you could look at in the summer and, and add a transfer, right? I, they, you can add a blue shirt. Maybe there's a scholarship left. We'll have to see. But um, I, I think this is a position that if you can add a multi-year guy to kind of, hey, once Adams is gone, we got another guy in the in the wings here. But uh, the, there's a lot of freshmen coming at that position, and I do think that's a position a freshman can succeed right away. We've seen it with Witherspoon, Adams high. Uh, in the last couple of years all right safety is a position that that was bad last year i mean it, it's just frankly was one of the most underachieving positions i think on the team last year even though i thought adams played okay um and i, I thought he was you know fine starter in the secondary and, and i thought Quan martin had really good moments late in the season but Sidney brown did not play well last year Derek smith was let's just put it i, I thought it was a disaster uh, at safety last year even though i think he's a a good presence in the box as a tackler i just thought he did not look like a, a safety last year so this group i think though this staff seems to feel okay about uh prather hudson gets out of the group and i think he gives them some reliability a veteran presence uh obviously a hungry uh walk on um but it seems like Quan martin has really established himself with this staff. And, you know, he played corner early in his career, three interceptions as a freshman. And as Isaac Trotter continued to say, there, there, there was some luck involved uh, that, that some of those interceptions ended up in his hands, but he made the plays, but he seemed to struggle uh, most of the rest of the year. And then last year, in the last two years, really struggled to establish himself at corner. Really struggled as a sophomore. But then last year, moved to safety. I think that when he was recruited, I thought free safety was his best position, and that seems to be where he found himself uh as a free safety in the system. I think he's rangy. He has a ball hawk. He's got some size and physicality to him as well. So I think his emergence here as a veteran. I mean, this is his fourth year here, and he's got a lot of playing time. I think he's got. 13 starts uh, as an Illini here, Joey. I think that helps. Sydney Brown and new defense, I, I think, could help him, but I think he's more of an in-the-box player. Uh, and then you had Hudson, Derek Smith, Kirby Joseph. There's a lot of guys who've played a lot of football in this group. So I'm interested to see how much they improve with a new staff and, and just kind of a new scheme here because I do feel like there is some talent here that just they haven't gotten the most of uh, the last two years. Yeah.
1: I'm actually way higher on the safety group than I reasonably should be given that I watched this same safety group, almost sh- you know, short of Prather Hudson last year. Uh, t- so to me, Lovey's defense was linebackers, right? Like that was the head of the snake, the heart of the, de- I'm starting, I don't know this to be true, but I'm starting to get a vibe. Like maybe that position in Orion Walters defense is the safeties. Um, I-, I just think he talks about him a lot. he, he- Obviously, that's a position he personally coaches. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, again, I don't know that, but I'm you know the reads I get maybe indicate that a little bit to me. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I want to put this out there. I think we're going to see three safeties on the field sometimes. Yeah. Like I think in a 4-2-5 look, which I think you're going to see that a lot against the the Nebraskas, the Northwesterns, the Minnesotas of the world. I think you're going to be see Sidney Brown or another safety basically in a nickel. Kind of role, and and I love Sidney Brown in that nickel. That's actually where he started his Illini career. Um, I think Juan Martin can, can play that role as well because he's got a little bit of corner tendencies to him as well, uh, but also can, can pack a punch uh, there. So I think you could see Hudson, Martin, Brown all on the field uh, at certain times w- when you got those matchups. So I, I think they have the safeties to be able to do that as well. It's just they all got to elevate their game um, and really their their recognition skills. Like that that was the problem for me last year is because I think there's ten Talent here. Uh, it just they weren't in the right spots. So there were so many coverage breakdowns where you see Hobbs looking back at uh, a safety being not on the same page, and it just felt like it. It was more complicated at times than it needed to be. Like they were thinking too much out there.
1: You well, know, I don't know if you heard this, but Lovey Smith could not run his full defense in college. <laughs> um, That is what I've heard. <laughs> um, So you know, maybe we have to put that caveat. I'm I'm kidding, but. So I had had, had the chance
0: to change it. Had the chance to change it, uh, but he didn't.
1: By the way, I I don't know that we're going to see those same, maybe as many of those blown coverages. I mean, blown coverages happen like that. That's just going to happen. Every team is going to blow a coverage. Let's just move on from that. But like Prather Hudson has played a lot of college football at a really really good school. He may get burned, right? He he may get beat, but I don't know that he's just going to outright blow. A coverage I I just think he's a very smart football player he talks like a kid who's going to be a coach as soon as this is all over Mm -hmm. for him I I don't know when that's going to be because he he really works his butt off on special teams and that you know that can take you a little bit but I I agree with you Jeremy I I've liked Sidney Brown for a while I think he wallops the heck out of people Uh, I think he plays really hard really fast physically but he just coverage just did not look like like his game. I, I,
0: I really like Sydney. I, I, I like the package there, but he has been so inconsistent. Right. Yeah. I mean, tackling has been inconsistent. Uh, where he's at like bone coverages has been inconsistent. So I like the player but the, the consistency just has not right. been there. I mean, PFF has been way down on him. And when I watch the film, sometimes like I don't know what he's doing there. So I am really high. You know, I, 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 the Brown brothers have been high on here this entire time. But it's just like at some point you got to be more consistent with right. it. So I came into this spring thinking, hey, Sidney Brown, you got to step up here. Somebody can steal your job. And they brought in Prather Hudson and they're bringing in Eddie Smith. So if you don't step up, but they seem to be pretty high on him. And, and, and that's a good sign, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm all the way in on the Quan Martin stock right now. I I just think he's, like you said, his best position was safety. He rolled up like a million tackles in two games last year at the end where he was playing safety. And look, he played it out of complete necessity. I mean, they were basically down to, to no one as a defensive back. And he he held his own pretty well. And now granted, you know, Northwestern ran a thousand times (laughs) through it was raining and Illinois showed no indication of caring to stop the run. Um, But it's, it's an interesting group I think right now I agree with you three safeties seems like something we could see out there I think like if you look at the nickel I don't think it'll be like what we think of as a someone who's a cornerback I think that's probably a safety that's going to be in that spot and I, I like Sidney Brown there So it's interesting I, I think this position just means a lot in the Walters defense yeah. so I, I'm very interested in that and we've talked about Eddie Smith he's obviously going to be here in the summer right as a graduate transfer from Alabama I like the versatility that he's going to provide when he shows up. could it be a safety could it be a corner could it be a nickel could where where could he be that that helps anyone that you have like that where you're not moving because oh crap we don't have a Mm -hmm. lot of positions their depth here that's good like let him come in find his best spot and move forward
0: yeah when I look at this defense Joey uh, just to wrap it up um, I'm trying to sit there and you know we're kind of like talking about these guys feel good about them and I think when I think about the secondary or linebacker or the defensive line, like I, I think they can be solid. Like I think the potential is solid Big Ten unit, right? Like I I don't think we're sitting here thinking this defense is going to be dominant, right? Like no. two, 2011 Illinois defense with Whitney Merciless and and Jonathan Brown. Like I don't think or Tavon Wilson was on that. I don't know how many next level talents are here. Um, I think Keith Randolph has a chance. I think Roderick Perry and Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay and Johnny Newton, I might be as high on Johnny Newton and his long-term potential than anybody. Tony Adams and Jake Hansen have a chance to play at the NFL. But none of those guys are like, yep, that's going to be a first or second round pick. right? Um, So I, I, I do think there's some good football players here that I think this staff can get more out of in a better defensive scheme that these players play better in right? Like that's what I think. I think there was so much disappointment in what this unit was last year that I think good coaching with so much experience on this end of the football, I think that's what takes this group to the next level. I I don't think there's a lot of, you know, day one, day two NFL draft picks in this group, but I do think there's enough talent that was untapped last year that, that this staff can get more out of.
1: Yeah. And I think that underachieving is what brought some of this talent back right i mean and i just don't know how many next level opportunities existed for these guys had they entered you know for this current draft but i'm with you a new scheme new is always better for the most part right and a new scheme and you know there's a new energy i mean i don't think they can fake that in a zoom i think you can read it on their face i think you can read it in their voice uh they're buying into the energy but yeah i mean there's no superstar there's just not. There's not a superstar on this defense. Jake could be
0: a college superstar. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I
1: yeah. I shouldn't have excluded Jake. I just haven't seen him. Yeah. Like when we go there, I just kind of forget a little bit about him. But yeah, he's he probably is pretty close to a college superstar. He puts up just ridiculous numbers and has done that.
0: But probably forever. if if he's a draft pick next year, it's it's a late one, right? Right,
1: right. So we'll see. I mean, I I think. The whole, you know, like you said, maybe people kind of roll their eyes at the multiple, multiple, multiple. That should be the opposite. Like, if you're a fan and you hear multiple with the defense at Illinois, cartwheel through the street because it just hasn't been that.
0: Because that's new. That That is new. Like, Lovey Smith ran a nickel his first couple of years, and then they just ran 4-3. They ran base the entire time. And, and I mean, coaches were willing to say, like, we know what they're going to do. They do what they do. They said it in their
1: press conferences. Everyone. Like, you got in and it's almost like, are they saying that? It's like, well, why wouldn't they, I suppose, right? I, I mean, think it's not- offenses
0: loved playing them, and and the and the statistics proved it out. All right, uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about uh, the specialists, which this would have been a huge question mark if not for the super senior rule. But now it feels like we don't need to talk much about it because we know Blake Ace is one of the best in the country. We know Ethan Tabell rarely misses a snap. Uh, I don't think he has missed a snap in the entire career here. And we know James McCourt has a big leg, uh, but isn't the most consistent. And uh, I know we didn't bring up Caleb Griffin as a wide receiver option. It's a fun story. I would be surprised if Caleb Griffin Griffin, uh, cracks the wide receiver rotation. I think it's probably more likely he steals the kicker job. And it seems like he's done a good job, but it does seem like James McCourt uh, is going to be that guy. So I just don't have big questions there. I guess we'll get to see who the returners are or who's in the mix as returners here, Joey, which is an interesting one because Illinois just has not had a lot of impactful returners. I mean, they put Caleb Griffin back there last year just to catch the ball as a punt mm. returner. I guess Dre Brown had a really good year as a kick returner. Uh, but I guess that's a storyline to watch. And I think that, that that's an interesting one for like a Kyron Cumbie or um, James Frenchy, or maybe even a Marquez Beeson uh, could be an interesting option back there. But I don't, there's not a lot of drama otherwise back here because these guys are all returning for, it feels like they're, they fifth or fifth and sixth seasons, was, right?
1: It does sound like there's going to be some sort of kicker competition type thing. Brett Bielema kind of laid out that they, they were going to do some field goal stuff. So that'll be interesting what that looks like. You know what I'm interested in, Jeremy is the, the units, the, the, the coverage units, because Brett Bielema has said, like, I don't, we're going to put starters on, on these, you know, kick return, punt return, kick coverage, punt coverage, which is interesting to me. I'm not saying it's bad, but I don't know how much of that I remember seeing. Uh, I think Brett has really put an emphasis that like, this isn't just a forgotten. And look, Lovey didn't you know indicate that special teams of the forgotten phase either. I don't want to. I, de- I mean, L- that,
0: Lovey right? prioritized it even more than Brett. I mean, Bob Luguszewski was one of the highest yeah. paid assistants, right? And that's all he did. He was with those guys uh, all the time. Brett kind of lets these guys do their own thing with the GA, I believe, yeah. right? Um, and he's not; they're not on top of them as much. Like Bob was running around the, the practice field all the time, and, and they had oh they had in person instruction all the time. And I, I will give Lovey Smith a lot yeah. of credit for that. He had really good uh, special teams units for the most part. I know fans remember the bad moments, but for the most part, that was a, that was a really good special teams unit.
1: Yeah, and I'm curious. I, most of my interest. I, I'm not really. I'm with you, man. I, I think we know what we're going to see out of the kicker, the punter, the long snapper. Maybe Caleb Griffin surprises us a little. I don't even know if it's a surprise. Maybe he takes a job. But I, the, the coverage units is interesting to me. I, I just who's out there is going to tell me not a lot, but it's going to. I think it's just going to be interesting. Might see more starters. Brett said.
0: Uh, on those Yeah, that's coverage what I'm saying. Units. Like if yeah. we, if
1: you look up and you start to see a couple starters, like oh, well hello, you know I, I don't know that I. I don't remember how much of that we saw in the past. Um
0: and, and I got it from Lovey's angle. Like that's a that's a good sure. opportunity to to rest your guys. And if you have capable, I mean that's where walk-ons can make their hay. That's where guys like Kendall Smith uh have really shined. Devin Witherspoon is a fantastic uh gunner. Um so like some of those guys, like I understood why I love you don't want to get them injured. You don't and if you got capable players and and always seemed to find guys who would buy in like michael Marquez was a really really good special teamer um and, and i would imagine he still is um so yeah i think that's that's an area that will be interesting to see how many starters brett will actually put out there but that shows that he thinks that's a that's a really important area that i want my best talent out there but i do think there's an injury risk to that too
1: yeah i do too and that, that'll be how you know he said we'll have starters we'll see how many i think like prather hudson i don't know that he's going to be a starter. But he's going to be a rotation guy uh, if he's not on special teams, that might be the first question I have in our in-person <laughs> press conference. But, um, you know, quick, Just to, to kind of wrap up a little bit, logistically, I just want to know what this looks like for them. I mean, we we kind of knew like, okay, Rod Smith is going to be in the box. We, you know, we knew all these things, and ultimately they're not going to matter, and they may not even hold true come fall. But I just want to see how Brett Bielema, what a sideline looks like under him, what what all of this kind of lays out as, and – again, it's not going to probably change the outcome come Friday or come Saturdays next fall, but it's just, we're still learning here, right? Like, and fans are still learning what all of this looks like. And ultimately it's, I think it's a good opportunity. I know, you know, big 10 network, it's good, man. Yeah. it's good.
0: Sometimes I feel like we're going to put, I I don't want to be that media member who says, Oh, we're putting too much of a big deal on spring game because it is a huge evaluation opportunity. Like this staff's going to put a lot of weight, into what they see in a spring game because it's the closest thing you can get right now to a game. Now, it's only one of, I think, three scrimmages they're having this spring, uh, but they're probably the most reps they'll have here. Uh, plus, there's the under the lights on TV when the bullets are flying, right? like This is a huge opportunity for some of these players uh, to make their presence known, but it is one of, of many right? Like, and, and for us, this is our only opportunity to see them. For this coaching staff, it's not. So this spring game does matter in the evaluation process, but it's not the only thing that matters. So if Jakari Norwood has the most yards as a running back, that does not mean he'll be the number one running back. It's pretty clear Chase Brown and Reggie Love have the best opportunity to be that. Chase Hayden will be in the rotation, but Jakari Norwood, if he has a big game, it could give him a chance to crack that rotation or possibly pass one of those guys up. So I think that's the weight we have to put into it is, Hey, it's an opportunity for these guys to shine. Um, and, and maybe it helps them in the competition for one of their spots, but it's not everything.
1: Correct. All uh, right, Jeremy, who is your <laughs> spring? Who, who is your, no, I don't want to say breakout because again, like you said, I'm not going to put all the eggs of spring evaluation in one game. But well, there's always a guy, right? Yeah. Like there's always a guy who puts up something. Who is your guy?
0: You go first. I got a couple. Oh, come on now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. You know, I, I kind of went last year. I, I, I don't want to be like, I, I've, been a, I've been a believer since, but I'm going to. Last year I said I haven't quit on Quan Martin because I, I saw some things as an underclassman that I liked. I just don't think he was in the right position. Like he was playing corner out of necessity, it felt like. But it, and when Marquez Beeson got hurt, I think that locked him in as a sophomore. I always thought he was a free safety. And when he played well last year, and I, I was looking for some positives out of those terrible games in the year, like Quan, I was like, man, he's making some plays. And, and you know, Calvin Avery made some plays against Penn State, right? So you're just looking for who's going to step up when none of this matters. Right when everybody's done with the season, who's going to play well? And I thought Quan played well. Um, so if I'm going to pick a defensive guy, I'll go defensive guy first, and then I'll pick an offensive guy. I'm going to go Quan Martin. So who's your guy on defense?
1: Man, I want to say, okay. So our guy is, is like who's going to have a good spring game, and we're we're only going to like zoom in just on one game, right? Yeah, like make, we're not going to make it
0: whatever you want. Yeah, I, I think Quan will have a good spring game, but I'm also I also think he's he's a factor.
1: I'll stay with the safeties. I, I like Prather Hudson. I, I just think there's something to him. Like he's not going to like burn the world down or anything with, with all this crazy. I just think there's a consistency and at a position that lacked consistency completely. I like Prather. I, I, Dark horse would be CJ Hart because hello, not a <laughs> lot of linebackers. Somebody's um, got
0: to make tackles at linebacker. Right. Um, okay. okay. Offensively. You know, Joe, I've been saying he's interesting. He's really interesting to me, Kamari Thompson. Uh, I, I, I'm just—I I, don't—I'm not going to sit there and say of fans put him in your your, right. your starting group, but he's just got physical tools at a position where there's not enough physical tools. And I, I think his combination of speed and power uh, at 6'1", 210 are just really intriguing to me. And as you said earlier, he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's on the video. Um, they seem to be showcasing him a little bit and he's, he's at the top of the group when they get in a wide receiver rotation. I'm, I'm looking way too much into that probably, but it's just a position that I'm concerned about. And he's a guy with tools that intrigue me and they seem to intrigue the staff. So I'm going Kamari Thompson as my guy on offense.
1: Reggie love, man. I, I, I think like this is, he's a guy who even if he's not like, have it doesn't have a really really good season I don't think it derails much often like it if you have him that's great but I don't think the, I think the position so deep that like okay you know this wasn't the season we thought but I I think it's going to be a really good season I think he's going to look really good on Monday he, he's just that he's got the build I mean I, last year the numbers just aren't there right like no one's going to pretend like they are but he, he kind of made a good point and I had forgotten about it a little bit he was hurt as a senior in high school yep. and was
0: coming back from that. And he was going to be the man. for the first time. He was going to be a focal point. Uh, he had a great state championship game in 2018, I believe it was. And then with Mookie Cooper gone with Frenchie, or it was him and Frenchie basically, but with Marcus Washington, Isaiah Williams, it was going to be the Reggie love show and they broke his foot.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm just in on him, man. I, I think, He's got all of the tools that they want in a running back. He's tough. He's strong. He's got all of that. He's my guy. I, I just think like, you know, you jumped on Chase Brown last year. Two, last, yeah, last year. Two when, years ago. When
0: they got him. Yeah, yeah. They got him, and I turned on film of watching him against Michigan and Syracuse. I go,
1: that looks legit. So Yeah. Veggie yeah. will be the guy that I, I jump on. One more, Jeremy. Two more. My walk-on to, walk to watch is Tip Ryan. Walk-on to watch is Tip Ryan. Love it. Walk on to
0: watch. Oh. I didn't have a walk-on to watch. Um, you know, I've always liked Bryce Barnes, but he's hurt right now. Um I mean Ryman is the guy that the coaches have mentioned. I'm a big fan of Ty Lindemann. He's five foot five. <laughs> but that kid is that kid is cat quick. Um, so if, if he got like the ball in space, like he's not getting through anybody, which is always my concern with, with Kyron Cumbie as well. Um, but man, he can make people miss. I, I, I'd like to see him in the returner battle, man. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's this short little guy, but man, he's quick and fast. Uh, is there any other deep cuts that, that we want to get to? This is Isaac Trotter's favorite part of the podcast. We're an hour and 15 plus minutes into this already, Joey. If you're still
1: with us, we lost you a long time ago. <laughs> if
0: you're still with us, you will, you will appreciate um, deep cuts. Is that right? Um, oh, yeah. Brevin Jones is still kind of thin to me. I think he's listed at 275. Love his potential, but he's got to add some strength. Tank Wright's got to get some strength onto him. I love – Blaise Sparks does not need any more. Like he he looks the part of a, a Big Ten offensive lineman. So does uh, Pfeiffer Griffin. Uh, Brody Carver and, and Josh Geske are, are freshmen who got here early that doesn't mean they're going to play um, obviously with so many offensive linemen, but it's always good for those guys getting the strength and conditioning program uh, right away. You got any other deep cuts here?
1: One or two, and you might hate me for this, but I, I don't think he's going to be that consistent, but I think there's going to be a play where Moses Ocala moves a human being like 95 yards <laughs> and people are going to be like, Oh my God, this guy. And I don't know. He might just have one play. And he might get beat for the next rest of the game, but He's interesting because we've seen a little bit of him. Just because, like, when the offensive linemen move over to work with tight yeah. ends, he's you know the tackles. I should say he's one of the tackles, and
0: I think he's the third right tackle right now. If you had Pelcheski, Pearl, and then him, right? Like he's working with Jordan Slaughter. The time I I've seen him, and I think Slaughter's obviously a second stringer. Um, so I, I think I Apollo is in there, dude. Like he's he looks the part, and there's a world of potential there. It's just when I watch him and this goes back to high school, it's just, there's a lot of frenetic movement, right? It just feels like there's a lot of movement that he doesn't need to have. And I've always said, he kind of looks like a fawn learning how to, how to stand right. And, and how to walk, because it feels like there's so much uh, energy with him, uh, but it's just, it's just learning the game, harnessing all of that and, and turning it into a football player. But um, there's a world of a ceiling there with the Okay.
1: My, One or Anthony Shipton is going to get some reps, right? I mean, by virtue of injury, he's going to get some reps. One of the most interesting
0: looking people on the team.
1: Yes. Yes. And Jaden Jones Watkins is going to get some reps. Walk on from Fisher. Cool story. Kind of didn't he like lose a wallet and somebody found him? I don't know what he's going to look like, dude. And somebody looked at his huddle film. Was it legs? I I think it might've been legs. Legs like found his wallet. They Googled him. They saw he played football at Fisher. I, if I'm remembering this story Dude, correctly,
0: I am the driver of the LIGS fan club, or the, the president of the LIGS fan club. Um, I, I I love that guy. That guy was was great. <laughs> Give me him. Just we'll see what he's got.
1: I mean, look, oh. they don't have a lot of cornerbacks right now. He's going to play football. He's going to get out there. We'll see. Uh, I didn't one. I oh. didn't
0: think our deep cuts would extend to Jaden Jones Watkins, but well done.
1: Well, we're running. You know, look, we're kind of running out of deep cuts. Here. So <laughs> we got a Hugh Robertson
0: one, one here. Last one. Oh, guy, a guy what? from guy from our generation.
1: I would like to see an old fashioned punt off between him and Blake Hayes. Oh, wouldn't that I, be a dream? I
0: still haven't. I still haven't gotten my Hugh Robertson interview. Or you haven't either. Come on, we'll get
1: it. We'll get it. Last one. <laughs> over under. 0. .5 touchdowns for Luke Ford. Um.
0: Um. You know what. Yeah, I'll go. Do over it. There. I'll go. Do over it. There. Yeah, because they they got to get the people going. The people want Luke Ford, and I think Belamo will give it to him.
1: I think they've got fireworks ready to rock <laughs> in, in one of those end zone for a Luke Ford touchdown. You know,
0: l- last year when people started going like, hey, Luke Ford, 400 yards," I was like, "Oh, whoa, okay." Let's get
1: let's
0: let's get Luke to 10 catches. If he gets 10 catches in his first eight games, right? Like, hey, that that's building something. I get it. He's he's an exciting guy. It's the same thing with Beason. Like, you get these top ranked guys, you want them to succeed right away. Um, but it's just like we kind of got some. You know, vibes last year when, when Rod talked about him. It's like, yeah, he's, he's got to put it all together, right? And we've kind of got that from, from Bielema as well. So, I mean, world of town. I, I love talking to Luke Ford. I think he could be great. Um, But it just feels like, you know, there's still a process of putting it all together.
1: Yeah, him. It, we'll see what happens in the fall. But I'm picturing a red zone attempt sometime in the second quarter. Uh, There's a walk-on linebacker who's, you know. God help the- him. You get the misfortune of having to cover Luke and you just throw it up to the moon and let Luke Ford get it and score a touchdown. Yeah. I'll take the over yeah. and boy, will it be, I think that place will go nuts.
0: That's what I think Luke Ford is He's a great physical blocker and a good red zone target. I think Daniel Barker the guy who makes plays between the twenties yeah. uh, for yeah. the most part. So uh, that's, that's where I think Ford can be really, really valuable. And I think this offense will certainly help it. All right. I think we covered the yeah. heck out of a spring so game much. for people. all right right. i hope you guys all enjoyed that have fun at the game if you're going or if you're watching it 7 p.m central time uh, on the big 10 network and of course we will cover the heck out of it i have the 10 things we're going to watch at the spring game i think we covered most of them uh, in this (laughs) podcast but we'll have it uh in written form here coming up this week and we'll cover out the standouts everything we saw uh, from the spring game as well uh joy wagner always appreciate the time man I appreciate it, man. All right. Uh, get all your information at com. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquire podcast. New CBS Sunday.